We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I have one more guy that we've talked about. How about Urban Meyer? And I feel like if he <laughs> sucks, he will just leave by himself. I think he'll just leave like he won't get fired. That's what he'll just Saban be like, Isn't that year what one? Screw this. With the, I'm, with the I'm, Dolphins? Yes, it's year one of him in the NFL. If they suck and he's miserable, he'll just leave. So it's really the Jaguars that are on the hot seat, not him. Like, do you really think that he's going to be the Jaguars head coach for the next decade? Like, I just don't see that. Like, it just seems so weird. Let's say the Jaguars are like four and eight. Like, do you think he just leaves? Yeah. No, like, he's not going to okay. he's he's do all that. No, not like that. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I am joined today by the swaggiest co-hosts of all time. We got Theo Ash and Matthew Spinauer. We're, we're all wearing glasses today. How are you guys doing? I'm fantastic. I know you are, Matt. You look like you're about to like crash a party or something. Matt is not always in a great mood when it comes to <laughs> starting the show, and today he is very much seems happy, so... He's this, yeah, Matt, this is, Matt is living his best life right now. I don't know if he's just like excited for the Florida trip we're about to take or you guys have been coming at me today. All right. I, I, <laughs> I, I come in today with a good mood, wearing some cool sunglasses and they're like, you're usually not like this, dude. You're usually like really upset. <laughs> I, I don't know why you are. <laughs> I'm not. It's not that you're anyway. normally upset. It's just, you're normally not like this bubbly. Like you're 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 like excited. New day, new me. I like it. <laughs> I, I I like it. Like it's not 
it's it's not a bad thing. Just a reminder, everyone, though, we are on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. So whatever you can do, whether it be rate, subscribe, comment, whatever, uh, we'd really appreciate it. And make sure you also follow at StayHotPod on TikTok for some fantastic content there, like our pet reviews. We did a pet review, and that was Matt. Matt got some slander on his cat. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting a lot of hate Matt recently. Matt has been getting a lot of yeah. hate recently. Matt's that not video used to got this. that. Your response to the cat slander has over a hundred thousand views. <laughs> well, I don't know why it's, people it's had good to content. felt the need to put our animals in order, our pets in order. What did you expect? I did ask in the in the caption of the pet reveal, "Who is your favorite stay hot pet?" So I did kind of egg it on oh, so there, and fault. it still felt unnecessary but, to put. Sherlock and last place. Who's your least favorite? And like call him mid <laughs> and call him D-tier. Yeah, no, they were just like Matt's cat F tier. Like <laughs> Matt Cat's your cat sucks six out of ten. <laughs> but it, it's been a minute since we've read some of our reviews. So I I thought, you know, what better time than the present? So our first review comes from Mr. Tweetums. Uh they left a five star. <laughs> and the the title is Mozzarella Stick. So Theo, I feel like this one's going to be directed at you. Um, he says, I wrote this review to say Theo is correct on the cheese pizza comments, but saying mozzarella sticks are just okay thing to eat like cheese pizza, unacceptable. Well, what's the How difference, really? I mean, you've got breading, you've got cheese, and you've got like pizza sauce. What I don't see the problem in comparing the two. I, I, I think they're pretty different. I, don't I know. mean, they taste it's a like, little different, but I, I don't think that that is a crazy comparison. I so, mean, it's not, an, I, it's not an absurd comparison, but I would say that cheese pizza is significantly better than mozzarella sticks. I would say mozzarella sticks are better than cheese because you can prove that the cheese pizza has potential on the table. The mozzarella sticks don't. That guy should have stopped his review after Theo is correct about the cheese pizza. That should have been the end of it. But Steady's got to take a shot. Stand on this? I think both are really good. They're like <laughs> the same thing, though. Who cares? Thank you. Okay. Matt's just like, who cares? All right, all right. Uh, I guess I'm alone on this one. Actually, hold on. Second nope, I got to revise that. Oh, okay. If you were okay. at a party, there's a big difference between having a cheese pizza, like ordering pizza for everybody, and ordering mozzarella sticks. You wouldn't do it with mozzarella sticks. Pizzas. Well, that's because that would be a lot of mozzarella sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Where would you get enough mozzarella sticks to. to I don't know. You could order on. a lot, Theo. <laughs> cheese pizza's better. That would be mozzarella so expensive. sticks are a side, pizza's like a meal. So. Okay, that's just because pizza's bigger. Move, please move. Just, I, I, don't know, I feel like I'm right here. I'm definitely right here. Second review comes from Hudson Squires. Do people can people just choose whatever name they want when they leave a review? Maybe his name's Hudson well, Squires, and you're being left. a jerk. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm your just name saying, is like, Bladen, and you're, you're you're making fun <laughs> of Hudson <laughs> Squires. Bladen. No, I'm just saying we had like Mr. Tweedums, <laughs> and then it's like. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know if you can just like choose any random name you want or if it's just like whatever your username is. They okay. can choose. Well, uh, he says his title is Theo's Takes. He also left a five star. He said, I used to think that Theo's Takes were for publicity. But after listening to the podcast, I have come to the realization Theo is just usually wrong. <laughs> they Not thought it was a joke, but it turns out he's really he just that dumb. trying his best. Great podcast. It turns I am trying my best. I am trying my best to have good takes. I Everything I say, 
I have believed. I'm not saying it for publicity. If people give me pl- publicity, that just comes with the territory. If if I make a bad take, know that I truly believe that. I truly, truly, in my heart, believe what I'm saying. It is not. It is not for publicity. So, I I, think I don't know what's better. Believe our own takes, don't we? Don't. I think so. I mean, it's. I don't think we're at the point where we're big enough to like be giving takes just for publicity for the sake of it. I don't know. No, I don't do that. If but, I have a bad take, I believe it yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> when we're wrong, we're wrong. And I guess especially yeah. me. I, I think we'll also do a very good job of admitting when we're wrong. But, you know, I digress on that. I think you have pretty good takes, Theo. I think. Uh, you thank do. you, Bladen. You too. Next review comes from. Oh, I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to butcher this name. Um, Cyril Mina? I, yikes. I, uh, anyway, title is Amazing Podcast. They give a five star and they just say, great podcast, much better than listening to Stephen A. and Skip Bayless. Speaking How, of we rock- takes that are just made for publicity. <laughs> hey, well, the reason anyone listens to them is because they're entertaining. I don't think anyone is like, I want to learn more about the sport of basketball today. I think I'm going to listen to Skip yeah. and Shannon. Like, no, yeah. it's, they do it because it's fun. And, you know, if we're going to be a better listen, you know, we can be right all we want. But you've also got to be entertaining to listen to. So, yeah, I was going to say uh, the exact that means a lot thing. from the. Yeah, it means a lot really from the entertainment values. Yes, entertainers first, being right second. But I like to think that we're right a decent amount of the time. (laughs) Well, I mean, Stephen A and Skipple, they'll uh, cross themselves so quickly because they'll kind of, I think they just say whatever whatever the show needs them to say. And that's fine because they're meant to be entertainers. The takes aren't necessarily supposed to be taken super, super, super seriously like, uh, some people do, but yeah. Remember when Stephen A got like seven seven finals wrong in a row? He predicted the winner of like seven finals in a row. I mean, that's just like bad luck. Wrong. It is bad luck, but like it's just funny that like if anyone thinks of him as like this basketball expert, because like he can literally say anything. There is no like if you're wrong yeah. a certain amount of times, you get kicked off. Like people think that's how it works. It's, oh, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's not that serious. But I'm glad he and likes the show our, more than them, because uh, then we're we're right and entertaining. We're right oh, and yeah. entertaining. Yes, I'm I'm glad to be ranked above Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. But our last review comes from Nagram O two two eight. Again, it's just like you can just pick any name you want. And you choose not to make make it something unique or cool. I guess that is unique, but it's not, you know, cool in the same way that like. Mr. Tweedums is. But their title is <laughs> Flippity Flop, which makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Five star review. Hey, boys, love the podcast. You guys are killing it. I will say, though, that Bladen at the end of every episode catch you on the Flippity Flop. Oh, boy, love it. It's so comforting, and I have no clue how to explain it. Anyways, love the pod and keep it up. Do you, do you guys agree? Do you think me saying Flippity Flop is comforting? No. <laughs> no, not really. I usually, I'm glad that you do it though, because that prevents us from having to do the outro. So I do appreciate it. I wouldn't say it is comforting in that sense, isn't that I know how the show is going to wrap up. And See, I, don't I disagree know. with you. On I don't this, have though. to say anything. We're all supposed to say goodbye. And then usually you don't say goodbye, Theo. <laughs> it's true. Or you do really late. Can you we, know this to be true. We all have to say goodbye. Fine. I'll say goodbye today. I'll, I'll say goodbye today. 
I don't okay. know. I don't know if like, they listen okay. to the end to hear that. Here's how. Here's how it always ends. For those of you that don't get to see our process when we record this, at the end of every show, I say "catch you on the flippity flop," and then there's like a five second pause, and Matt and Theo just say "bye." <laughs> and that that and it's awesome. that, ha- that has happened every single time without fail. And it has brought us time. to the top of the Spotify charts, so it's going to keep going. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe I oh guess it changes God. today. All right. On to the real show. <laughs> on to the real part of the show. There were some NBA coaching hires. I know none of us are like super thrilled about either of them, but Jason Kidd goes to the Mavericks and Chauncey Billups goes to the Blazers. I know, Theo, you had some interesting ideas about Most of the Mavericks guys. one. Well, it's not even so much the height. Well, I'll get into the hire of Jason Kidd, but it's just so interesting to me that Rick Carlisle left and the GM, whose name is escaping me right now, left. Like, is there a player that you would rather build around than Luka? Is there a player in the league that's a better better guy to build around? There's not. And you get the GM leaving that situation and the coach leaving that situation. That is so bizarre to me. And with the athletic article that just came out about kind of the toxicity and these, the guy that Mark Cuban hired, the gambler guy that Luca, that kind of alienated Luca. Like that is, that's big. That's big. And more than anything, I think them leaving matters more than whoever they hire. Because I think that like, I don't know. It's just, there's gotta be something. I don't want it mental. Like, Working with Luca cannot be the most pleasant experience in the world if you are going to leave him when he has all this talent usually, and all this Usually youth. I feel like it's very common for players to leave coaches or leave bad situations. But I, I, I can see where that is confusing. Like I don't really hear about coaches or GMs leaving a player. Generational that, players. Generational yeah. could be could go down as top ten all time like when his career is all said and done, I mean, the sky is the limit with Luka Doncic. And they were like, I don't want to take this on. I, I, I don't want to go through this. Like, you know how toxic it had to be. And reading the reports, I mean, the vibe I got was that Luka may be a little entitled. Um, there was like, I mean, you see him complain to the refs after like every single shot, which is kind of annoying, which might kind of speak to it and in the article I don't there don't was a like a lot of superstars do that though Isn't they, that like they do but see, he does like... it to it he he does it to it a crazy extent and there was a st- in the article he was like someone he had a turnover and like the guy on the sidelines was kind of motioning him to calm down and he just kind of totally kind of freaked out at him for like motioning him to calm down he's like don't effing tell me to calm down and he there are reports of him tuning out rick carlisle like not listening to his Yikes. message so it it seems like Luca might be kind of a handful. Is is like just from putting all those pieces together, maybe he's kind of a handful. And it'll be interesting. And that's why I like Jason Kidd. Because I think Jason Kidd is I wouldn't want to say that Jason Kidd is an asshole, but you cannot tune out Jason Kidd. <laughs> like he's kind of a like a hard headed dude as well. So I feel like that'll be a really interesting dynamic. I don't know. I think um, I think Cuban's done a poor job running the Mavericks for a while, and uh, yeah. that's probably has more to do with why Carlisle left. I guess you could say that. I mean, Carlisle was there with Cuban for a decade, so him choosing to leave because of Cuban might not make as much sense as him choosing to leave because of Luca. 
Um, but I think that every star player, or at least most of them, is a little entitled in that sense. Maybe some more than others. Right, and it's it's dessert. Luca's a prodigy. Luca's been a prodigy. He's like could be the best player in the world, maybe potentially. But I also do feel like sometimes the Mavericks are a little bit too Luca central, and I don't know if that's necessarily because that's how Carlisle wanted it, or that's because how Luca kind of just. I don't want to say demands, but kind of makes the offense be. Um, but it's going to be tough to win like that. One thing I remember from the Cavs when they had LeBron and Ty Lue was that it often felt like LeBron commanded the organization. Oh, he and did. I don't know. It was like, uh, that's obvious, right? Anyone who watched knew that. But like, that's LeBron, and he's like arguably the greatest basketball player ever. And that was like at his very peak. Arguably, and I don't know if Luca is quite at the level where he can command an organization ahead of a coach. I mean, like Tyloo was brought in in 2016, assumingly because that's who LeBron wanted, right? Rick Carlisle. But, but you is, see my point. Like LeBron, like commanded that organization. Yeah, to the point where he that's could what I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying it's even more different because Lou. That was his first year with the organization. Carlisle's a coach who won a ring and has been with the Mavericks yeah. for a decade. <laughs> um, I mean, at the end of the day, though, if you were if you were the Mavericks and you had a choice between, you know, I, I'm not saying this is necessarily what they had to do, but if you had a choice between pleasing uh, Luca and Carlisle, who are you pleasing? Who are you going to side with? Luca. Luca, you have to. Yeah, that's how the players are. Um, and maybe, maybe Rick just didn't like that situation, uh, so he he went out and got to the Pacers. Right. Yeah. Leaving Luca for the Pacers is just very telling. And I think you're right. Like Cuban, Cuban is fun and Cuban is on Shark Tank and everyone knows Cuban and everyone kind of likes Cuban. But like, yeah, the fact that he if you read that athletic story, you can kind of tell like he hired this guy and he was like a shadow leader and he was drafting players without consulting the scouts. And like that does not happen to buttoned up owners you know like and he came out and said it was bs but like it's not (laughs) journalists don't sit down and are just like this is i'm going to lie just write this huge like at least at the (laughs) athletic they don't where it's like i'm going to make this huge story up and have no sources so i don't know it'll be super interesting and i i bet I don't know. I Luca and Cuban. I don't know. It would it would be very interesting. I, it wouldn't surprise me if that arc ended with Luca leaving eventually or something crazy like that happening. It just kind of seems reminds me a little bit of Rogers, honestly. I think Carlisle is going to do if really shit well. Really with hits the, the fan in that organization. I could see Luca leaving, but it's a while down the line. You're yeah. saying we, something we've about spent, Car- Carlisle? We've spent the- quite a bit of time just slandering yeah, the Mavs. I, it feels like. I think that Carlisle is going to do a really good job with the Pacers. They have a lot of talented players. It might not seem like they necessarily have that guy, but I'm a big fan of Sabonis. He seems to really like Miles Turner, which is good because um, Turner defensively does a ton for them. I think they're going to be good next year if they keep the guys together. Yeah, and speaking of trying to appease alienated stars, the Trailblazers <laughs> hired Chauncey Billups. And, I mean, we'll see with Lillard there if that does enough to uh, – to get him to stay because it kind of seems like the rumors that he's leaving are heating up a little bit but it's it's a tough one i think that dame really really wants to stay he doesn't he doesn't want to abandon portland but they're not giving him a choice because they're just not going to get good enough they i mean they spent multiple first on covington and covington's a nice player but uh that's really limited what they can do this offseason i mean 
even the best possible trade scenario probably doesn't make Portland the Western Conference Finals team at least without. I a feel bunch like of I feel like the they're a year late. They're a year late with everything. Everything they should have seen it coming that this team was not good enough to win a ring and started the motions to try to maybe trade for Giannis or some some huge crazy move that they should have tried to package last year when McCollum's trade value is maybe a little bit higher and and it just wasn't now it's another year with nothing. I feel like last yeah. year was the year where they should have seen this coming. And you know, maybe Bill, Billups you know is good. I don't know enough about him, but it's I don't know. I feel like Dame stays though. I I feel like he it, does is not there demand any a trade. coach really that you could bring into Portland? that could turn that organization into in the right direction. And that's, there's coaches that could be better than Brooks, but there's nobody who's going to fix the problem that Portland has right now, which is a personnel problem. They, def- they do not have right. the players on their team to be competent defensively. And part of that is Brooks' fault with these weird lineups uh, where, you know, I mean, we talked about it a while ago. Mello at the five Carmelo in the playoffs. The it's like, what is that, <laughs> dude? No reason. But, but I, I think part of that was just because he didn't have the guys. I mean, if Nurkic uh, would go foul out, and then it's like, okay, well, my options are that or Enos Cantor. It's like, I, I think they've done a poor job getting, you know, role players around Dame. Like, if, if there would be such a big difference between that team if they had, like, now with Enos Cantor as their backup center or if they had, like, Nerlens Noel, who's somebody they could have go- gone and grabbed. It's, it's huge. And you can see Thibodeau uh, use him and, make good on that and show how valuable a guy like that can be just because of the defense that they bring. And Portland hasn't done a good job doing that. Right. And like I said before, Portland just has the vibe of like a small business. They run it like (laughs) these are our people. We're going to keep our people. And they've got this generational guy in Lillard and they're just keeping like, we got to keep McCollum because he's a trailblazer. Like you got it. You're a small business competing against corporations, giant corporations who are going to bring in Anthony Davis, who are going to bring in Kawhi. You've got to make moves like that instead of just being like, McCollum's our guy. He was a steal. He's a, such a good blazer. Like, you no, you, you know, F them yeah. kids. Bring them out. Get them out of here. You got to <laughs> ship McCollum out of here. He's not going to, you got to do it. Anyway. Spe- speaking of teams right. that don't really have enough talent to be successful, but somehow have been winning anyway. The Hawks, um, now with the exception of the past two games, they were really good. You know, they, they beat the Bucks game one, then they got blown out game two. I feel like, I feel like they're in a position where it's like, they don't really have enough guys inside. They're not really good enough inside to get boards. They're getting out-rebounded like it's nobody's business. And their only really good offensive threat, whether it be scoring or facilitating, is Trey Young. And the Bucks just have multiple guys who can go off at any point in time. And I have to stick with the Hawks because I've stuck with them to this point, <laughs> but I'm not feeling great. <laughs> uh, Bucks in five. Hey, <laughs> I remember the Heat fans chanting overrated at Chris Middleton, which was one of the funniest things that has come from this playoffs. <laughs> like. <laughs> And I was, I was, it was nice to see a Middleton game happen because he has oh, been a little God. bit, you know, up and down this playoff. But that was, I mean, he that was crazy. a masterpiece game by. And he was just, he was, it and, wasn't even like he was open. He was making everything like contested, like it didn't matter. The, uh, the problem that the Bucks have, they were very good. But Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton absolutely refused to have a good game on the same day. <laughs> 
oh my god if one of them's good the other one is terrible it's the weirdest <laughs> thing ever but, but, I, but it I, works it works but I, I agree with you Bladen. for now yeah it, it might eventually catch up with them but I, I agree with you that the Hawks aren't good enough inside to deal with the Bucks. but they have Clint Capella Who's a, a great center? He really is. Yeah, but it's just okay, that Giannis like, is too good. They, yeah, he's it's too just, good. Yeah, there's just well, it's like they have multiple guys who are getting boards. It's not just Giannis. They, yeah, the Hawks only have Clint Capella, and I guess you could maybe say John Collins, but like it's mostly just Capella. Yeah, and then the Suns, the Suns and Clippers have been such a. It's been a bad series. Like these games are not. <laughs> yeah, did fun. you? I mean, what did they have? Fourteen <laughs> missed shots in a row. Yeah. Stupid. Like. And the Suns are up three one, and I have not felt good about them. I guess I felt good about them when the when Chris Paul was gone, but since he's been back, it's just been disjointed. I don't know why. It's Booker has been kind of bad. Beverly's gotten kind of the best of him. I don't know. It's been an ugly series. I'm hoping they can just win tonight and put this away because yeah. I mean every game. This could easily be the Blazers, the not Blazers, the Clippers up three one. So I'm hoping they can just tough out a win here and put this one to bed because I'm not having fun. Well, I <laughs> like, mean, they're winning, they're they're winning, winning the tough games. And that's, I mean, part of that's because they, they have their guys and the Clippers don't have Kawhi Leonard. And you got to figure if they had Kawhi, mm-hmm. uh, these close ones would maybe be swinging the other way. Um, but, dude, the end of that last game, game four, oh, my God, dude. And I don't. I think the you if, said you if said that, that was my first time watching basketball, I would never watch the sport ever <laughs> Right. You said that um, the Chris Middleton overrated chance were funny. The funniest thing to happen in the playoffs so far is DeMarcus Cousins just throwing the basketball off the backboard to try to, like, purposely miss. <laughs> that was the funniest thing that's happened. That's, yeah, that was, that was pretty good, Cousins. I was a little nervous about Cousins because he came in and scored, like, a crazy amount of points in, like, four I'm like, oh, boy, are we going to get, like, King's Cousins in this series? Because that would be really bad for us, but... Since then, he's just kind of been a goon and not done all that much. So I'm glad that he is not as much of a threat as he initially appeared to be in that maybe game two, was it? But yeah, I mean, Suns are one win away from the finals, which is just so crazy to think about. Like You have to go. And they'll probably... You have to go. I don't know. If it's Bucks versus Suns, I know. Well, we'll see because I'm going to go back on the... I'll be back there on the 16th, I think. And the finals might be happening when I go back. So I don't know if I'll... Have to fly. You gotta go. It, but it'll be close. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll, I'll think of something. But if they win, if it's Suns Bucks, like, I, I feel like I gotta, I wanna bet against the Suns, of course, because that's my thing. But like, I don't know. I, I haven't really allowed myself to think about them, them winning, is all I'll say. But like, Suns Bucks, they did beat the Bucks in the regular season. I guess that's what I'll say about it. I would pick the Suns over the Bucks. I would pick the Suns over either team, being totally honest. We'll have to see what yeah, happens. So we will have to see. They got they got it. Hey, job's not finished. We're up we're up three one, but the job's not finished. Job's not finished. Not so we'll see. We I just hope we get a better game than last time. So yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, moving into the NFL, because we always like to talk about the NFL here. I want to I want to kind of touch on some players and coaches maybe who you think are on the hot seat or maybe have a short leash. You know, who are you, who are you thinking Theo? I've got a list of guys who are going into this year and this is I don't want to say it's their last chance cuz it's not like out of they're not out of the league if they don't play well this year, yeah. but like 
if we're they're not good after this year, coach or just we're talking players? players and coaches. I've got a list, and I want you maybe to tell me what you think of some of these guys. I've got Mike Zimmer as a coach. Yes. What do you What do you think? I if mean, he is, it, I, there's a lot of guys. The playoffs this year. There's a lot of guys who I don't think are bad, but if they don't do well this season, if they have a subpar season, uh, I think they're in trouble, and Zimmer might be one of them. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I think Zimmer's a good defensive mind. He, I think he really is good. Um, but it's like the offensive staffs that he is, he's just not been able to keep them together. Stefanski was good, but like just their offensive, their run first, like offensive scheme has just been holding them back in my opinion. And if it happens again this year, and they've got so much talent, the Vikings do so much talent everywhere. So if they miss the playoffs this year or they, or even if they get in the wild card and they lose, I mean... I might try to go with a little bit more of a innovative offensive mind if, if I was the if I was here, the Vikings. here's the here's my biggest thing with the Vikings. Not only do they have copious amounts of talent, especially offensively, um, the Packers are kind of in shambles right now. If you can't make the playoffs, and it's not like the Packers are still good, they're probably going to have Aaron Rodgers this year, but there's obviously turmoil going on there, right? If you cannot right. make the playoffs this year. That's that's inexcusable. Like making the playoffs yeah, is a no. requirement. Yeah, especially when you have Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, uh, yeah. uh, Daniel Hunter, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, and a great draft. Patrick Peterson, and a good draft. And the offensive line is not great, but I mean they were a good, they're a good run blocking offensive yeah. line at least. It's a, they're a good run blocking offensive line. Pass blocking is bad, but run blocking is good. You've got to make at least the top seven seeds with that roster, and if you don't, yeah. he's gone. That's so yeah. he's my no, big coach the that I think is, is on a the hot requirement. seat. Can I throw one at you? Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, Matt. Derek Carr. If Derek uh, Carr, uh, okay, let, uh, let me ask you this. Let me first off. I think Derek Carr is a good player. I do. I don't. I'm not yeah. saying that Derek Carr sucks. But if Derek Carr comes out and has like a subpar year, you're telling me that if you're the Raiders, you're sticking with like, at what point do you? Here's here's the problem. The Raiders got rid of a lot of guys. The Raiders do this. The Raiders have actually consistently screwed over Derek Carr. They owe him. I, I think more so than any organization, the Raiders have put Derek Carr in the most incompetent situations. He's had Amari Cooper, Michael Trabtree gone. He's had, you know, he had a good offense, not just a good, a great offensive line last year, gone. Like, they do this to him all the time. I don't disagree. I don't don't think. But I think think that if Derek Carr has a subpar year, not even terrible, but a subpar year, if you're the Raiders, you might just be looking at blowing the whole thing up. And if you're in a a position... where you you're like not a very good team. I like Derek Carr, but I don't know if he's good. Like if I'm blowing it up, I might as well just shoot for the stars, go for another quarterback, and see if I can get a guy who's like really elite. Um, but yeah. Plus, you could probably trade a decent. Get a yeah, decent, I think you could I, get I, a yeah, decent. Yeah, you could get a decent package for Derek. What if Lamar Jackson has the exact same year this year that he did last year, and he wants a huge contract? What what, give it to what would you pay him if he has the exact same year? Yeah, I know they will, but would you? If he has the exact same year this I, I year as he did last I don't, year, I don't think you can be like, "Oh, well, they will." That's why they haven't paid him yet. You just you just got on me for saying Derek Carr, and now you're telling me that Lamar Jackson's on the hot seat. I'm not saying that he is, but if he has the exact same year that he did last year, it was like, what are you supposed to do? Just pay him anyway. What would you do? 
You still pay him. The trend, the trend suggests that he should have a bounce back year. Or you franchise tag that him. That, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, you don't have to pay him long term. You give him another chance. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's on the hot seat, but he definitely has to have a bounce back year. You can't just go out and play bad and expect your team to, like, keep you around. Well, he wasn't necessarily bad this yeah, year. He just like, wasn't, he not wasn't totally worth like not not an MVP. Forty million dollars. So I'm just I'm just asking. I think Lamar is interesting because if he looks a little bit worse or about the same, I think the question is if you should pay him gets much more interesting. But yeah, the franchise tag is probably a pretty like lame answer that would probably just get utilized. So. Um, I've got some other names. These are more like the, we talk a lot uh, about quarterbacks and coaches. You. I want to stay in the AFC yeah. North real quick. I got a guy for you. Oh, right, right, right. Um, Zach Taylor. Yeah, I was going to say him. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he should have been I gone before. Theo, you honestly. had him on your list at some point too, but like, yeah, he, you got to figure. They're, they Zach Taylor is a candidate so to get fired office. in the middle of the season. If I, <laughs> if Zach Taylor walked into a room, and. I, I saw, I wouldn't know who he is. Like, I cannot picture Zach Taylor in my mind. And I've seen his <laughs> face because I think about this like one. Right every, time, every time I watch a Bengals player, I'm like, I think about like, what does Zach Taylor look like again? He's wearing a it was mask. an un- I, uninspiring he's like ha- a normal It was dude. an uninspiring hire when it happened. He's been nothing but bad. And yeah, I would say that, yeah, he's definitely. There, there is too much talent it. on that offense for them not to like have a top 10 offense next year. Like, it's inexcusable. <laughs> Outside of the offensive line, their receiving core is stupid. You're talking and about the, the quarterback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm There's just saying. I'm okay, just saying. They have a top, you know, top ten is certainly. Are they so they ridiculously could. talented think, that it's inexcusable for them not to have a top here, here, ten offense? My, I don't know. Here's my thing. I think I think that receiving core could make Joe Burrow look better. I think I, I think mean, they'll yeah, have a solid like, offense, but I don't know if it's so good that it's inexcusable if it's not top ten. I could see him being like, "That's fair." Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. It's not but yeah, he can't even afford to get it, off to a bad. St- if they if yeah. they start out zero and five, like one in five, what is their I would schedule? fire him there. Do they, who do they? I don't play? know, but because he's, the AFC he's someone North that has should, it rough. The whole yeah. AFC North has like top ten toughest schedules. I could I could throw some players at you too, like Hollywood Brown. I think is oh, he's yeah. a, probably yes. have a pretty solid role <laughs> um, to begin the season. And if it's not, if he doesn't produce, he'll probably be bouncing around the league. I would say Mikol Hardman is another guy where it's like he's probably in line for a decent chance to prove himself, and he's got to do it. Yeah. Marcus Davenport down in New Orleans yes. is a guy they traded yeah. up for and just hasn't lived up. And you know that Hendrickson is gone. <laughs> yep. Ed Oliver was a big guy that that the Bills like spent a lot of capital on a ninth overall pick and had all this hype and he just hasn't really lived up to it. Um, Henry Ruggs, even though it's just his second year, is supposed to be the wide receiver one. This is a year where I think he has to step up. Um, there's a lot of guys. I would even say guys like Evan Ingram um, and Marshawn Lattimore, maybe even was another guy I wrote down. Uh, because he's going to be in line for a big contract, and he really hasn't been that rookie year version of himself since. Yeah, his I mean, we could, we could we could and say that any uh, contract year guy is kind of on the hot seat a little bit. That's just the way that the NFL works. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, as far as the Bengals' schedule goes, it is Vikings, Bears, Steelers, Jaguars, 
Packers, and then Lions week six, and I, I'd be willing to bet that. That's pretty easy, honestly. It's, that's that's not the worst. It's that's doable. Like, that's like in and out of like you have a hard game, easy game. But if, it's like if through the first five weeks the Bengals aren't good, Taylor's coaching for his job against the Lions. That'll be yeah, pretty much. <laughs> One, one more no, person. Yeah, you no, think that's they, totally I, right. I think they should be five hundred. They should be five hundred after the Lions. I would. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's reasonable. Fair. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, one more guy that I wanted Bears, to bring up. Winnable. One more guy that I'm not necessarily saying is on like a super hot seat or anything, or saying that I don't believe in them. But one more guy that I'm interested in is Kingsbury. If the Cardinals aren't that great this year. Yeah, I mean. Cardinals fans hate Kingsbury. They really do. They really think that he should be gone and probably wouldn't have been unhappy if they fired him after this season, honestly, after the end of the season. I was a big Cliff Cliff Kingsbury fan at the beginning of the year. I went as far as to call him like a genius, (laughs) which did not age particularly well. But I still think that he's better than people give him credit for, and I'm still impressed with the, the way that he's kind of conjured a running game out of nothing. Um, but yeah, if, if he looks like he did kind of at the end of last year, um, he could definitely get fired. Um, the, but I the, think Kyler's shoulder really had more to do with that than anything. He's else. in a, he's in a tough the one spot. Thing that that I noticed, the one thing I noticed about yes. the Cardinals offense is the, they ran more hurry up offense than anyone else in the league for the past two years by a mile. Like twice as many, like Kyler has twice as many hurry up snaps as any other quarterback, and it's not even close. And I'm wondering if, like, given a full offseason to work on that kind of an offense, if it can really be, like, super dangerous. Because I guarantee you, if you try and do that with no offseason, it's going to be really hard to pull off. But if you do, if you get a full offseason to work on that, you can, like, terrorize the league. Yeah, well, remember Chip Kelly, though? That was Chip Kelly's big thing. And Chip Kelly really fell off and didn't know he got figured out. And he's like, I think he's coaching UCLA now, the last I heard. So (laughs) I think he still is. Maybe, I mean, we've seen... We've seen some crazy, like, hurry-up pace ideas, push-the-pace ideas, come into the league, work for a little bit, and then fail eventually. Well, it really only matters if you can go fast, if you can call good plays quickly. Anybody can right. go fast. So that's true. Yeah. So Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, I kind of liked the ideas that he had and I liked the Cardinals offense and like especially I and I think that Rondale Moore will help them out a little bit and having a guy who can create yards after I was talking about this in our mock draft episode when I gave him Kadarius Tony when I wasn't supposed to. I was just so excited to talk about how a yak artist would open up their offense. Um, and so I think Rondell Moore is a guy that I didn't love coming out of the draft as a traditional wide receiver, but I feel like in that system, Rondell Moore could help him out. So I don't know, but Cliff, yes, if Cliff Kingsbury is bad, I think he will be fired. So yes, he is very much on a hot seat, but I predict that they will be better than, I think Kingsbury is better than people think he is. Matt, you, you did bring up the fact that if they're going fast, they still have to call good plays fast. Usually if they're going that fast, so where they're running that much hurry up, they're probably scripting, I would say, 75% of their plays. Fair enough. Yeah. They're, they're scripting a lot. But it's, it's, I'm not you saying still to, that. They still have to be good play calls. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you can go fast and that'll throw some people off sometimes. But eventually if the scripts aren't good, it's going to... Yeah. And, it's and, still and not going to work in the end That's of the, day. the problem they're going to run into is if they can't put together really good scripted plays, 
they're, they're, someone's going to figure it out and they're going to have no way of changing it. That's going to be their biggest issue. I have one more guy that we've talked about. How about Urban Meyer? And I feel like if he <laughs> sucks, he will just leave by himself. I think he'll just leave like he won't get fired. That's what he'll just Saban be like, did. Isn't that year what Saban one? Screw this. With the, I'm, with the I'm, Dolphins? And after, if it, yes, it's year one of him in the NFL. If they suck and he's miserable, he'll just leave and go back to his cushy fox. So it's yeah. really the Jaguars <laughs> that are exactly not seeing out of him. <laughs> He's going to, he's like, if he is not having fun, if he's not having fun, like, do you really think Urban Meyer is just like dying to be at, like, do you really think that he's going to be the Jaguars head coach for the next decade? Like, I just don't see that. Let's say the like, Dolphins just are like, so or not the, let's say the Jaguars are like four and eight. Like, do you think he just leaves? Yeah. No, like, he's not going. Okay, he's not going to do all that. No, not like just. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I give him. A, I give him a couple of years unless something amazing opens up in college. But even then, um, I, I, if I think he really wants to go, if he wants to coach more, he should go to college. Um, if they're bad, I can see him leaving after year one, waiting a year, and then if a college job opens, I could see him taking it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if they're bad and he's not having fun and he doesn't like all the NFL rules and he can't offer people Camaros under the table or whatever he does. <laughs> well, is that on the is, is that on the hot seat? Is that being on the hot seat if it's you? I, who the Jaguars wants to leave? are on the hot seat. He's put himself. <laughs> on the Jaguars are on the hot seat for Urban Meyer. It's the opposite. <laughs> he's like, you get me for one year, and if I'm not having fun, I'm leaving. What do you think about? Um, That's I don't know. What do you think about Gruden? He's got to be on the Gruden's hot seat, right? He's kind of he's. He well, he is. But he, what is he like? Four years into his ten year deal, ten year, hundred million dollar deal, or whatever that oh, was. Yeah, I, for, I, I forgot know. that deal was that long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so but if, I, I mean, if he's, I mean, if, he's if, if the Raiders are bad, maybe Mayox on the hot seat. The Raiders as yeah. a organiz- as an organization feel like someone they have so many. Someone is underrated like- on the Raiders though. Someone is underrated, and it's I think it might be Gruden because every year their their offense just looks so horrible on paper, and it's Derek Carr throwing Derek to Carr. nobodies. And every year their offense is a little bit better than. And Derek Carr sucked before Gruden got there, or like Derek Carr has kind of seen a career renaissance in a way. And he's done it without. I mean, Waller's obviously amazing, but the wide receiving core has not been great. That's I don't know. This I is an amazing like, argument against Mike Mayock. They really have put together some yes. very weird drafts with some very weird teams. <laughs> if I were the Raiders and they weren't good this year, you you think you hang on on to Gruden and Carr and then get a new GM and try to rebuild yeah. the offense yes. one more time? I don't know. I feel like drafting has it. been atrocious. If their offense is good and their defense has been atrocious and their defensive coordinator, I think, got fired like recently. So I I would I think the Gruden is not my number one, you know, rat in that organization. He's not the one that is on the most has the most pressure in that organization to me. I think that he's just slightly underrated, too. Um, so Gruden, just with his contract, is is not. Yeah. Super- if I was making the decisions, he wouldn't be super, super on the hot seat. Yeah, well, I've just been thinking, I guess, that if the Raiders are bad this year, something's got to give. And it would make the most sense to be Mayock, now that I think about it, more than Gruden or yeah. Carr. But potentially, any of them could be gone. You really don't know what they're going to choose to yeah. do. There, right. There's a lot of weird things going on with the Raiders. Yeah, some something's going to blow if they're bad this year. Like, you can't keep that, that core of mediocrity together, like... 
How do we feel about them? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't feel great about them going into this season. I do not feel awesome about the Raiders. I, I think they're going to be kind of the same as they always are, just kind of like barely over 500. I think their offensive like line being worse is going to be is going to be tough. They might win some games. They might win some games against some not great teams or whatever, and not look awful. But um, yeah. no, that's what. Yeah, they're going to be like their offense really doesn't inspire eight, faith. Like just, I think Carta. Waller is going to be pretty prolific. I think I just picked Waller to win Offensive Player of the Year. That was my Offensive Player of the Year take because I think that he's going to have to be, and he's got the talent to do it. He's as as a receiver, I think he's every bit as talented as Kittle and is every bit as talented as Kelsey. As a blocker, maybe not, but as a receiver, I really do think that he's that caliber. Um, now, everyone else, I don't know. <laughs> they have one of the worst safeties in the league. They're their corners are bad. Damon Arnett was their first round pick and he already might be headed to the bench. Um, like they've got some, they've got some good defensive linemen. Uh, but yeah, on paper, that team is just, not. they just, they just do weird stuff. I mean, I can tell you as an Ohio state fan who watched like every game that Arnett played, not a first round corner at all. Uh, that was (laughs) really, really a bizarre pick. I know they've had a lot of bizarre picks, but right. that one I didn't get. Maybe he'll improve. And that's the Stealing one thing I do like about him. He, got, he did get way better his last year at Ohio State. But um, as like a, if you're getting drafted kind of first round, he's got to be a number one guy. And I just don't see that in Arnett at all. Yeah, it's yeah. it's built. They're built. So they're such a weird team. And something someone's it's someone's fault if they're last in the division, which I might project them to be. Um, so someone there is on the hot seat. To me, it would probably be Mayock just because the team-building decisions have been the weirdest to me. Although I do think Gruden has his hand. Gruden also has his hand in the team-building, so that's another thing. So, Uh, your Your head coach should have some some say in how you build your team. It's just hard to know. Uh, But there's two more guys. There's two more guys I kind of want to hit on um, before we head out. First is uh, Matt Nagy. Yeah, I don't know right. How yeah. we feel about yeah? Well, the that, ice, that one, that's one of those like Zach ice. Taylor ones where you're like, yes, if they're if the team is bad, he will be. I'm gone. surprised he didn't get fired this year. If I'm being totally honest, I'm surprised yeah. everyone. It'll be in that weird because gone. It's going to be so bad. I think because Fields is someone that I think could use a little bit of good coaching, and I feel like he's going to start and then Nagy could be like fired in week seven if they get off to a bad start and then you're already get installing a new thing. I don't know. So maybe they keep him through the year just to avoid that mess, but, or maybe they just fire him before they even okay, really get so like fields going. Here's, here's something I'm, I'm thinking of right now. So Nagy comes out and he says that Dalton is the starter, right? And we're sitting here thinking like, okay, so Dalton is probably going to start week one and they'll work fields in. But if you're Matt Nagy, I mean, you guys must think that, like, I mean, at least I know I think uh, Fields is better than Dalton right now. Or at least I'd rather, I guess I'd rather start Dalton not seeing him, in, or I'd rather start Fields not seeing either of them in camp. So if you're Nagy and you know that you could be fired in the middle of the season if things don't get off to a good start, are you going to waste games on a quarterback who you think is not as good as somebody you have on the bench? Right. We were, we were talking about this. We, we recently, were talking about a similar situation. Theo, I think you were going to say this, but... Um, it, it's kind of the same thing with like you, you with Cam and Mac, right? You you start the quarterback that you have no risk of like if if he pan, if he pans out and he's bad, fine, right? But it's like if you start Justin Fields right away and he sucks, you're screwed. That's but that's not but if you, 
it's not the same situation because Belichick is not worried about his so? job. Yeah, Bill Belichick is not worried about his job. Okay, Nagy, Nagy, Nagy can't waste like on tenor. Okay, the best thing to do, the best thing to do with Justin or with a, a young quarterback, generally, is probably start some sort of bridge quarterback for a few games, let them feel it out a little bit, and then you get the rookie in there. But I don't know if Nagy has time to do that because if he loses a couple of games because of Dalton, and all of a sudden you're sitting here at week seven, I don't, and I don't haven't seen their schedule two and five or one and six, he could be gone. So does he okay, feel the you, pressure? Do you want to start I, Justin Fields against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey? Week that's one? why I'm. I, that's why I think it's a <laughs> tough decision. Do you want to start Dalton against them? He's got to yeah, win I'd the ra- games. I'd, yes, I, I would. No, because I don't. I, mean, I don't been, think we're winning that game regardless. And <laughs> I've been able to call the 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 Bears. I've been able to call the Bears offseason moves because if because you think about how desperate they are. I said that they're gonna. I thought they could trade for Russell Wilson. And we learned Schefter tweeted that they made a very, very strong offer because they're desperate. They needed a quarterback. And then after that was done, I predicted they would their next option would be to trade up in the draft and take fields. I made a video about that before it happened because they needed to do it like there was no other way. They were not going to go into the season with Dalton and have anyone in that or pace Nagy, anyone keep their job if it was Dalton for the whole season. That's how I was able to like make that's what my logic making that video. That's what happened. And so if you know that Don, that you will get fired if you start Dalton the whole season, you're not going to start Dalton the whole season. Like, that's why you traded up, because you're desperate, because there was no other choice, because starting Dalton the whole season will get you fired. So now you have an option that's not Dalton. You've got to start Fields eventually, and he's got to be good right away. But and I think not, I, they're all getting fired. What I'm thinking about is how quickly do you do that? Do you feel like you have a couple of games to waste on Dalton? I, th- I, I don't say you think get you do. out of your I... first couple of games. You play some very tough games early on. You cannot afford to throw fields at that. Your team isn't good enough. So you throw Dalton in there knowing that, hey, we're probably not going to win You can't these afford games. to go 0-4. Yeah, so you're, you so like, you're just forfeiting your first couple games on the hot seat? That's a terrible <laughs> idea. I don't know. Yeah. It, you it, might as it well is, see. I it mean, is a tough spot to be in, but like... Either way, I don't think Fields goes in against the Rams and wins. Okay, I well, don't. okay, well, let's say you let's say you put in Dalton, and I'm not saying putting in Dalton's a total forfeit, but against the Rams, that's gonna you're gonna have a, a tough couple first yeah. games, and then get, you're going into Game Three, zero and two on the hot seat, and then you're gonna throw in a rookie quarterback for the first time. That is a that's yeah, a tough I would start, situation to be. I in. mean, I mean, to be fair, that's what Hugh Jackson did with Baker Mayfield. What happened to Hugh Jackson? <laughs> he got fired, but here's the thing: Nagy should get fired regardless. I, I th- right? Nagy- like let's let's be real here: Nagy should get fired regardless. So, so if I'm thinking from, you know, the perspective of what should happen for the sake of the Bears as an organization, they should bench. They sh- they should start Andy Dalton their first few really tough games, and then you know. Throw in Justin Fields when you feel he's ready, and then when it, inevitably it's time, you fire Matt Nagy. And I don't. But who is they? Who is they yeah, making see, the, 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 is, the they <laughs> making the decision is Nagy. There is no yeah. they planning to fire Nagy. That's like, why it's they a tough are the, decision. the ones on the hot seat are the ones making the decision. Yeah, that's because so, I think yeah. what you should do and what is best for Matt Nagy might be slightly different things. That's yeah. why I think anyway, it's a weird situation. Conflict of interest. Yeah, no, it's it's a very tough situation for the Bears to be in. Or uh, Fields could come out and immediately be awesome. 
and that would be cool. And then you're safe yeah. forever. Yeah, and and then I, I will gladly, you know, take the bad take on that one. Yeah, for what saying I, that you know Fields can't win right away against the Rams. Well, I I just what I think's weird about it is that Nagy coming out and declaring Dalton the starter. I feel like he's not leaving himself the option. I mean, I guess he is. He doesn't have to stay true to that, and you could just say that. Fields won it, but it does seem like a weird thing to do. I would at least see what how it plays out in camp when you need to win some early games if you feel like you're you know going to lose your job. Right. All right. Daniel Jones is the last oh, guy that I've got on the hot seat, <laughs> and Daniel Jones um, is the former. I mean, it was he was weird. It was a weird pick when they drafted him. He was not expected to go nearly that high. And he went that high because apparently he reminded them of Eli Manning. And since then, I think he's turned the ball over more than just about anyone. Uh, He hasn't won very many games. Uh, He has not really changed. I don't know if he's proved the general public wrong when they booed that, that Giants pick. So I don't know. I think that if he's bad again, you've got you're in the quarterback market, right? Oh, oh, yeah, that's pretty obvious. I mean, we all know Daniel Jones' issues. It's no, it's no surprise to anyone that you know he just can't feel pressure at all. It, it, it's it's remarkable, honestly. Um, but I do think he has talent. I think I think he has a lot of talent. Actually, you know, big arm, relatively speaking. I, I have um, to say, I, I like okay. Daniel I, Jones. I, I, I had to say, relatively speaking, <laughs> he can do some things well. He can make some big throws, and he's fairly athletic um but he's he has really he, fast he has he's a bad really off, fast he no, has like, a bad no, offensive line <laughs> and uh his biggest problem is is pocket awareness so i really don't know if i can get behind that and really trust him to be awesome this year. i'd like <laughs> right. to see I, it i think i think what they're gonna do is they're gonna try and do all this like quick pass game stuff with Kadarius tony get saquon involved he'll that be back work. this year and then, you know, in the red zone, they have Kenny Galladay. I think they're going to try and, you know, get the ball out quickly. I Hopefully. don't think Daniel Jones holds onto the ball for more than like two and a half seconds. I also don't think that because he's going to get plastered if he ever tries. <laughs> I'll say this. If Jones is on the hot seat and he doesn't end up doing well, Gettleman has got to be gone. You'd figure. Dave Gettleman. Isn't their offensive yeah. coordinator Jason Garrett? Yes. You would think he has to be gone too, right? <laughs> Actually, yeah. I mean, no, he's Jason th- th- Garrett. This is no Daniel Jones is gone this year. Jason Garrett's calling plays. They have no chance. Yeah, and here's the thing about the league in the NFL and really all the sports. Everyone's always on the hot seat. Like we talk about this, but like if you suck, you're immediately <laughs> like on the hot seat. Yeah, like Wentz was not on the hot. No one would have said you Wentz was on the hot seat, and then all of a sudden he's gone. I could have said that at the very beginning. Who's on the hot seat this year? Everyone's on the hot seat. Everyone, if you are in the league, you're on the hot seat, hot seat except for Bill Belichick, who is not on the hot <laughs> except, seat. But everyone yeah, Bill else Bill Belichick is. has never in his career been on the hot seat. <laughs> he basically except for owns those the times. Patriots. Yeah, except for the times he got fired. He does, basically. He, except for those times, but all right. <laughs> well, I think that about wraps things up for us. Um, <laughs> we had some interesting... I would like to, I'd like to give a very heartfelt goodbye this time. Oh, oh Theo, do you, want, do, you want to take a, do you want to handle the outro? I will say I will handle the outro right. since apparently I never do. 
I had a great time with you guys talking about, you know, the Mavericks and uh, the NBA coaching and the NFL coaching, the coaching episode, really. And this is about as much fun as I've had in my life, really. So uh, thank you guys for being there with me. And I will see you guys on uh, Thursday for another very exciting episode. And I wish you all a good time until then. And goodbye. Catch you on the flippity flop. I'll see y'all later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.